communication is the cornerstone of success in any relationship and the pilot aviation lifestyle probably magnifies the need for this. So let's go through the key areas for communication and good techniques on today's show. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. On the show, you'll hear stories, experiences, tips, advice, interviews with other pilot wives, pilots, aviation professionals, non-revving and travel experts also on this journey. Yes, it's a mixed bag of goods, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion, a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife Life. Well, welcome and wow, what a whirlwind two weeks it has been since the show launched. I can't believe it. Two weeks and two days to be exact. Over 3,000 downloads and some great feedback. Now, I'm going to share some of that here in a minute. But first, I'm going to do a little bit of pandering, just a little bit, um, for some ratings and reviews. I'm going to bribe you just a little with some swag. So send in your review, and that means more than just giving me a five-star rating write an actual review and your name is going to go into a drawing for a pilot wife podcast wine tumbler now you can choose from hot pink with lips and the logo or you can select the sleek black color with no lips but with the logo so just go to your favorite app wherever you listen apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify complete your review take a screenshot and send it over to me and also add five stars send it to me at Jackie at pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you haven't caught the Enneagram and personality types show, episode number 11, the one right before this one, give it a listen. It's a game changer and the feedback has already been amazing. I have a free guide to help you understand the Enneagram. You can just go to enneagram.pilotwifepodcast.com and that link is in the show notes. All right, now for some reader feedback, and then I'm going to share some upcoming shows with you. So first one, Jackie, sending you a thank you for your podcast. You have shared some insights that have been very helpful, things I figured were only happening in my family. I had no idea it wasn't just my spouse who goes into mission-focused mode and gets crabby before a shift. That can be a big stressor for me, and I'm still learning how to manage that. I'm not new to living with a pilot. We were both active military, but the transition to regionals and later the majors have been introducing new challenges and of course rewards. We're still adjusting, but overall it has been a great lifestyle. Thanks again. I really enjoy the podcast. Next up from Sarah. Hey, I listened to your podcast and you're doing a really good thing for the pilot wife community. It sounds amazing and covers some really important topics. You have a soothing voice and are very professional. Thank you, Sarah. I have actually over 30 topic suggestions. So if you don't have yours in, send it. The details are in the beginning and they'll be at the end of the show too if you missed it. Now, Jill, my friend from Charlotte, shares this from the Charlotte, North Carolina, American Airlines pilot pilot wife meetup. I'm with the Charlotte Pilot Wives tonight and they are raving about your podcast. 
the ladies were saying how much the information you share are things they wish they had known years ago. And that, my friends, is my goal. Abigail says, Jackie, my husband, the pilot, listens to your podcast before I do. He had listened to, downloaded, and typed himself from the Enneagram show before I could, and he is a five just like your husband. We had a great conversation about the withdrawing he does before trips and how he processes things. It helped us both understand things better. I see this as a huge breakthrough in our relationship. Yay, I'm so happy to hear that. All right, some upcoming shows just to prepare you. Homeschooling and the aviation lifestyle, is it right for you? This is such a great show. I learned so much and I'm not even in this phase anymore, but I learned so much about labeling, communication, and so much that benefits any relationship, not just the children relationship, the child relationship. We also have Kids, Chaos, and Community, where I have five amazing women, pilot wives, and most of them work outside the home as well, juggling everything, and they share some of their best tips, for you and how they navigate life that way. We've got New Year's resolutions and intentions coming up. And then I have several uh, shows with highlighting books that have been, been written by pilots and pilot wives. So those are just a few of the things on the docket that's coming up for you, or, or I should say on the manifest that's coming up for you. So ready, set, let's talk about communication. So important. I was a terrible communicator in my early days of adulthood and certainly marriage. I came from a non-confrontational family. You may be able to relate to that. And I actually thought I was different and I still am today of my entire family of origin. I am without a doubt the most confrontational in the bunch, but in weighing in how we do things, how I do things, uh, I can see that even that doesn't really scratch the surface of really good communication styles. Now, this describes me, see if it describes you too. I basically lived in my own mind, had my own thoughts, and I believed that my perspective and my thoughts were the truth and they were reality. And now, of course, um, I understand more than ever that there are actually three truths, three perspectives, and three realities, right? And there, that it would be my perspective, what I see as the truth, my reality, and then, of course, my husband, the pilot, I'm just going to use that as an example, whatever, whatever your relationship is as you're listening. Same thing with your children or any relationship in your life. And then, of course, somewhere in the middle is the is the middle ground. And that is more accurately the truth and the reality of what is going on. We fall in love with someone and those certain aspects about them. Those are the things that attract us, that we love, that we just find so intriguing and exciting about them. And then often over time, once we settle into that relationship, marry them, those often become those aspects that begin to irritate us and that we try to change. I don't know why it's human nature. So again, none of this, I'm sharing my own experiences. See if you see yourself anywhere in the mix of this. I'm going to guess that you do to some extent, but just see what fits. And again, make sure you listen to episode 11 with the Enneagram and personality types and get the guide read through it because it will help you understand the motivations behind why you did this. This was such a key piece for me in learning how to communicate better and get my own ego self out of the way. And, and that's really a big part of it. If, if you can take a step outside of yourself and think about your own patterns of behaviors and communication styles, 
again, setting your ego aside. And I've said this before, but when I say the word ego, I'm not talking about you being arrogant or narcissist or super self-centered. All of us have an ego and it's our human nature to approach most things from that ego side of things, our own personal thought processes, limiting beliefs, life experiences, things that have happened to us in the past. Um, and so it's important to do that and take a step outside and say, what can I learn from this? What do I know about myself after studying this? And when you begin to learn some of your uh, communication types, you can ask yourself, how has this served me? How has being confrontational, uh, being you know, uh, forceful in conversations or just really getting your own ego into it, how has this served me? How has it not served me? And then of course, what would you like to change about that? Now in the Pilot Wife Checklist, it's my free guide for navigating this fabulous lifestyle. You can go to pilotwifechecklist.com. I talk in key number one about the triple A's as I call them. That's awareness, acknowledgement, and acceptance. Acceptance of those things that we can't change, right? And working to change what we can't. We can't change another person. We can work to change certain things about ourselves. And most specifically, we can work to change how we look at things, think and feel about things, and ultimately how we react to those things because those reactions and those actions that we take are what create our results. Now, here's what I've learned after 33 years of a mostly fantastic marriage. It takes work. Whoop, spoiler alert, I know, it does, it takes work communication takes work good communication takes work working on your mindset and the way you process things takes work um, starting those tough conversations takes work and most of the time the reality of the fear and thought process behind starting those tough conversations has more to do with our thinking about it we project a scenario, right? We picture ourselves having this conversation and we, we, we're going to say this and we automatically assume that they're going to say this and they're going to say it with this tone of voice. And then we're going to fire back this. And then this is going to happen in all of that. Okay. Am I right? Or am I right now? One of the key pieces in communication. And if you've taken any kind of psychology class, you've likely heard this, the power in good communication starts with I messages versus you did messages or you messages. I messages really come from where you're feeling, how you're processing things, the way that you are viewing a situation without saying, I believe that my way of seeing this or viewing this is right. Instead, you are just expressing, I wanna have a conversation about this. This is how I'm feeling about this. This is how I'm seeing this. This is how I'm thinking about this. and. I want to communicate openly so you can help guide me to how you see and feel about this and we can find that middle ground. But so often we wanna say, well, you did this and you did that and you made me feel this way and all of that. That can be very dangerous. And this happens a lot, not just in verbal communication, but I see it happening more and more today with written communication. Okay, whether it's a quick text, an email, social media, the age of digital marketing, which I'll get to here in just a minute, and the danger in the age of digital marketing. The challenge with written communication is that the only person who gets to put immediate tone 
meaning and context into that conversation is the person reading it. Okay, let that settle in. The person reading your communication is the one who's putting tone, meaning, and context behind it when they first receive it. And it could be totally perceived by them differently than you ever intended it. And I'll bet if you stop for a minute and think, you can remember a situation where you've sent something and somebody's fired back to you and you can very quickly see they totally misinterpreted the meaning that you had in that conversation, what your intent was with it. And that's that's the challenge with written communication. And especially, I, I say this specifically with, with the pilot spouse interaction where a lot of what we're doing because of their busy, crazy schedules, our busy, crazy schedules, we're firing back and forth text messages and that can be a true danger zone. So one thing that I've learned to do, just a little tip, if it seems like it might be something that could be come perceived as confrontational or heated in any way, I will preface it in my writing by saying, as I write this, I'm feeling humorous. So I don't want you to read too much into this. As I write this, I'm laughing and thinking that when you get this, you're probably going to roll your eyes. Okay. Or you can say, I'm writing this and I'm feeling a little concerned. I'm not feeling angry, but I'm feeling concerned because, and so I just want to put this out there um, to let you know that so that we can have a good conversation around it. So much good stuff can happen when you just in the written communication, let them know what your state of emotion is first. That's going to change the whole way that they are going to receive that piece of communication that you've delivered to them. Okay. Just think about that. Think about the power in doing that. Now, another little tool that I want to share with you, this is something I learned long ago. I took a business online in 1999. Um, I've been a business and social media and mindset coach and marketing coach online since 2005. But I took my first business online in 1999. And that's when I really began to understand the power and the danger behind the written communication. So I adopted what I call the 24 hour rule. And this has served me well in my business relationships, my marriage, my communications with my children, friends, just about every relationship, including my mother, um, just about every relationship I can name that 24 hour rule has served me. And it basically works like this. When I receive any piece of communication where it lands on me and it triggers an angry response, uh, a shocked response, a disappointed response, when it triggers any kind of response in me that isn't on the upscale, happy, joyful, peaceful, calm, the upscale, if it does anything to trigger me with a, an immediate reaction that's potentially negative, I put it aside for 24 hours or 48 or 72, or in some cases, seven days. And in some cases, I've never responded depending on it, but I've learned to do this because the last thing I want to do is fire off a rapid response that's reactionary based on the context and the tone and the meaning that I've put into it. Let that settle in again for a minute. Back this up. Hit that little um, rewind button on your app that lets you go back and listen to that again. Okay, you've got to sit on that and not allow your reactive brain that's telling you this person is saying this to me with this meaning. We have a tendency to want to do that, right? And it's very 
dangerous when we do that. And I think you probably know exactly what it is that I mean. I think you've probably experienced this at some time in your life. Think back on some time when this happened, either you were on the sending end of the text that somebody reacted and responded to. And I say text, it could be an email, could be anything written, a letter for goodness sakes. Okay. Um, either you were the, you sent it and you were the receiver of somebody's reaction and response that was taken totally out of context, or you've received that communication and it's triggered you and you've gone off spun out of orbit with being upset about it and fired something back that just literally imploded and created something really ugly, really negative. Okay. So really think about that. The 24 hour rule is powerful. Um, take 24 hours, take 24 hours before you send something back, take 24 hours before you send something in communication um, that is going to be written to someone that could be perceived in a negative way, just take 24 hours. And another rule, never uh, drink and dial and never drink in Facebook and never drink in text in any way that can be uh, misconstrued and, and create that explosive thing. It's just, it, those are just good rules to live by. Hey, Aviator. The Pilot Wife podcast is brought to you by peakperformanceforlife.com, the app that helps you create a vision for your life and the action steps to set, track, and achieve your goals in the seven key areas of life, which are faith, family, field, finance, fitness, friends, and fun. Learn more at peakperformanceforlife.com and welcome peace, joy, and harmony in your successful life. Now, an important part of communication on the road, especially with a pilot spouse um, or a flight attendant, whoever, anyone who travels out of town a lot, that FaceTime for actual connection can be really, really powerful. And we're so lucky to live in this digital age where we can do that, right? We're so lucky to have that ability to actually do that because that FaceTime where you can see them, um, hear them, hear the tone in their voice, that eliminates so much excess baggage from you receiving a text message and perceiving something slightly different. Or even just a voice text can really make a huge difference too. Hey, I know, and, and this, you know, I'm speaking this to the pilot, so certainly share this with your spouse if they're not necessarily doing this. But just for us at home to get that quick text, that voice text that says, hey, thinking of you, I miss you. I know we were supposed to talk tonight, but I've had two gate changes, a mechanical weather delays, had to throw a passenger off the airplane, had to duct tape some duct tape somebody, kind of laughing, but if you followed the news, that has been a thing. And again, we just have to go with things and have some humor around it. But I'm just saying a quick voice text um, can go a long way too if you can't get the FaceTime in. But schedule as best you can those times when you're going to communicate on the road. And if you're the partner at home, whatever that may be, if you're the partner at home, learn to manage your mind. I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. Learn to manage your mind. And what I mean by that is they said they'd call you. Uh, you you've got their schedule. They have a two-hour break in Dallas before they head off to um, Portland and they're supposed to call you basically have that set up you're sitting at home waiting patiently you've been waiting all day and no call no call no call 
Maybe you can pick up the app and see where they are. You can see that their flight landed on time. You could see this, you can see that, but you don't know all the rest that's going on. So ask before accusing, ask, hey, is everything okay? Um, I'm missing your call, but I know you might be busy just making sure everything's okay. And again, speaking of apps, use those apps that we have out there to check the flight status. Did they land on time? Um, is, is this flight on time? What's, what's going on to the best of your ability to make assumptions around what you can read into that? Now, again, it's purely an assumption. So be very careful with that because we know the whole assume, right? What happens when you assume? Well, it makes an ass out of you and me. So there you have that. So use that. Now, if you're the traveling partner, the pilot, the flight attendant, whoever's on the road, again, those quick texts, I'm fine, I'm delayed, it's crazy. Very often that voice text is easier to do when you're scrambling through the terminal. And I know you can't always do that. I get it. You've, you know, you're, you're sprinting across the terminal for another gate. You're also trying to grab some food. It's crazy. But if you can just program that in, actually what I recommend doing is on your phone, create, uh, create, um, on your phone, create that text replacement that you can do that you you could have a three, just a quick little three letter code that you type in that shoots them off that text that's already predetermined. Okay, just little things that you can do. And you know, I'm fine. I'm delayed. It's crazy. I'll catch up later. Something as short as that that puts their mind at ease and they can go on about their day. And the important thing about having this communication time is that you have to make the time for these type things. You have to make the time. You're never going to find time. I want you to look around right now and see what time you can find. None of us can find time, but we all have the same 24 hours in a day. We have the same time at home, et cetera, where we can schedule that time to sit down and make connection. Now, another key piece of communication is as best you can do, don't let things simmer. I have an expression of my own self because as I started with, I was a terrible communicator. I just buried stuff. I buried my feelings and I powered through. And I just basically believed that I was letting stuff roll off my back. And now I say, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't deal with my feelings. And if you look behind me, like I've got a rug behind me with a hump in it of all the buried feelings and emotions and circumstances that I never dealt with when they were important. So never let things simmer. Now I mentioned the digital age. And I wanna talk about communication and protocol in the digital age. And this is, again, this is just um, my advice and dare I say it, wisdom after all these years of not having the digital age and then having the digital age and experiencing uh, so many misunderstandings with, again, the written word and texting. Now as has already been expressed on many other shows, and this is no mystery, there's a lot of anxiety around or for the partner who's left at home, the pilot wife, the partner who's left at home. There's a lot of anxiety around the time away for many different reasons and the distraction that can come in with other interests and members of the opposite sex, okay? Casual flirtation is a thing. It always has been right? But we haven't always had it so in our face. It's a thing that goes on. You know, the human brain is wired interestingly. Women, you know, we love to know that a man is looking at us and admiring us and, you know, admiring our physical attributes or whatever. We don't necessarily want it to go any further, but it feels good for that. 
Um, and men are wired primally to um, procreate, for lack of a better word. And so it's it's human nature to see someone of the opposite or the sex that we're attracted to and find beauty in that. And that's okay. That's normal. Nobody's ever going to get away from that. If you ever want to read a really good book, it's called Sex at Dawn. I can't think of who it's written by. Um, if I come up with that, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's called Sex at Dawn. And it really is about the primal brain, how we were wired from way back when, um, hunter gatherers, just that whole piece of it. Now, I'm not saying we've evolved, certainly. So I'm not using that as a tool to to condone bad behavior, anything like that. But I think it's important to understand how our brain is wired on both sides. But so that goes back to casual flirtation. It's a thing. It's normal. It's it's normal on both sides to see someone we find attractive walk by and let our glance look over there maybe more than one time. Okay, and we're not going to change that. But today with phones and texting and social media comments and photos and tagging, well, let's face it, the mind can go nuts. A fairly, it, it, in, in days gone past, where you might say to a member of the opposite sex who you're flying with or working with or whatever, wow, you look really hot today or you look really nice or whatever. I think the word nice has been changed with the word hot or different things like that. That could be an exchange that would never go anywhere else, right? It was flirtatious a little bit. It was complimentary. And then it died on the vine and went nowhere. But a text exchange was something like that between two members of the opposite sex or non-married, non-partnered people, coworkers, good friends. Well, that can create a lot of turbulence. And sometimes it's not even about somebody going snooping through your phone, snooping through your social media. Sometimes it just pops up on the screen. Have you ever been looking at someone's photos with them on their phone, they're showing you something and boom, here it comes, right? Something flits across the screen, a text from someone else, uh, an instant messenger, uh, an Instagram message, something like that, that it kind of jolts you for a minute and you see it. And once something is seen, it can't be unseen. Maybe it was totally innocent, but just be aware of what that might create for you. So, um, I don't want to be preachy. I just want to be informative and educational. That's what this is about. Those tough conversations, those conversations that we all want to have. So use good judgment. A passing exchange between coworkers can wreak havoc for years. Trust is much easier to establish in the beginning and much harder to regain once it's lost. And once that's lost, once something like that comes in, it begins to cast out on everything from the past. I can't speak for men, but I can speak for many women where I can tell you we have a tendency to see one thing, experience one thing, and we unravel our entire past based around that. And it takes a lot of work to patch that back up and put it together. So just be aware of that. So think about um, when you're dealing with upsets, anxiety, be aware of past stories and trigger events and emotions. I have a process for how I deal with what I call excess baggage. I talk about mindful thinking and managing your mind. And I like to use the acronym STEBAR, S-T-E-B-A-R. And this will be in the show notes. STEBAR, it stands, stands for situation, thought, emotion, 
belief, action, and results. So I'm going to walk you through this process uh, quickly. And again, it'll be in the show notes. We all have situations and events and circumstances and people that happen, right? The, the S or situation, whatever you want to call it, the S is the facts. It's the facts. It, it can't be disputed uh, by law, okay? It, it wouldn't be disputed in a court of law. It absolutely are the facts. But those facts create a thought for us. And this is where we get distorted thinking. Every fact that comes along, we, we uh, encounter it, we perceive it, and we create a thought around it. So what is that thought? And then from that thought, we create a feeling or an emotion, you know, an emotion, right? And then from that, we kind of do a mental process subconsciously often, have I already formed a belief that's the B. Have I already formed a belief based on something from the past that I'm projecting now into this current fact or current situation? And from that belief, I'm going to take action or be stuck in inaction based on that. And ultimately, that's going to create a result for me. So I'm going to walk you through this quickly. So I say Stebar, right? Situation, thought, emotion, belief action and result the situation i haven't heard from him all day that's a fact assuming it is right i haven't heard from him all day that's the situation that's a fact it can't be disputed in a court of law there's been no phone call no text message whatever i've not heard from him all day the thought he's ignoring me he's not even thinking of me the emotion that creates is i feel abandoned i feel angry I feel fearful. I fear anxiety. I want you to stop and think about that. When, when we have an emotion, we feel that somewhere in our body. Emotions are the language of the body. Thoughts are the language of the mind. Okay. So where do you feel that emotion in your body? Describe it. Think about it. Describe it. Now, from that emotion, we're going to do a weigh-in on the belief that's created either right then or from the past. That's where you have to stop too. Is this emotion triggering a belief from the past that I'm going to project into the now? And then the action that might happen from that is I'm going to fire off an ugly text to him, accusing him of ignoring me. You said you'd call me at this time. You said you'd text me. I haven't heard from you all day. And I know you had a break during this time or whatever. Okay. That's an action that we can take from that thought process and that belief in the emotions where we've put the, the context to whatever the situation is. And the result very often is a tense argument, misunderstood, unhappiness. They go into their shell. They decide they're not going to call you tonight because they don't want to deal with the conflict. Maybe they're tired. There's a lot of different things. Now, what I want you to do is imagine this another way when you can stop and really get mindful of your own thinking the situation i have not heard from him all day same situation that hasn't changed one bit and again it can't be disputed in a court of law i haven't heard from him all day okay the thought well gosh poor guy he's probably having a horrible day i know there's been weather delays around where he is i've looked at the apps uh, maybe he's had a mechanical airplane swaps he's trying to find food in a short time in the airport poor guy now that's going to trigger the emotion that um 
of compassion, uh, uh, understanding, and, and that you're capable yourself of dealing with this. And the belief from that's going to be, you know what, we're okay. We're fine. This is part of life. This is part of his job. This is a part of our partnership and what's going on. And I can handle this. The action from that is that you're going to send a loving text to him with compassion and empathy. Hey, I miss you. And I hope that all's going well. I hope you're not starving. Hope you're not anxious and tired and overwhelmed. And I look forward to when we can connect, but I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you can get to it tonight, that's great. If not, I know that we'll connect tomorrow. The result from that is you feel empowered personally. You feel loved. You feel okay. You feel happy and joyful. You've done something great, not only for yourself, but for him on the other end. Now, how's he going to receive that? He's going to feel less torn. He knows that you understand less anxiety on his half of trying to deal with the stuff that he's dealing with and, you know, keep you happy at home. And I don't mean to say that in a way that, you know, it's, it's annoying to keep you happy at home. I don't mean that at all, but they have a job to do. And they do have that stress of wondering how you're doing and the kids are doing and everything else too. So he's going to feel less torn. He's going to know you understand. He's going to miss you more because of this. And he's going to be excited to connect with you too. And he knows that you have his back. Now, how much different do those two scenarios feel? Same exact situation, same exact situation. Two different ways of looking at it, embodying it, and expressing back and handling it. I want you to think back on maybe some recent conflicts that you might have had, and then think about how well did you communicate? How well did your pilot communicate? Maybe you didn't communicate at all, but maybe you received that situation and you had that thought, you felt that emotion and you had that belief and the action that you took was to overeat, overdrink or buffer in some way with your emotions. That's not uncommon either. Maybe your action was not to fire back at him at all, but was to bury your feelings and just basically live with them. And that's not healthy either. As I mentioned, I've got a rug behind me that I always laugh or I always visualize that I'm water skiing and every, you know, all the garbage that I've not dealt with is in the wake behind me. Just, you know, I'm pulling it along in the wake. So you think about that. And then, and then when your pilot doesn't hear from you or you go into your own cave, you withdraw, how well does that overall communication happen? And then some other things to think about, how well do you rate your own ability to resolve conflict? without just ignoring it or shoving it under the rug as I do. So if you continue down those negative pathways, what do you think your relationship is going to look like in six months, a year, five years, 10 years, and will it even survive? And look at it another way. If you shift those, that thinking and those patterns of communicating, what does that allow your relationship and your marriage to look like over the course of time? What are your big goals for your relationship, your marriage, your future? This truly matters. Now, if you struggle in any of these areas, I would love to have a conversation with you. I do coaching around all of this, and it's based on my 33 years of being married, 38 years in aviation um, as a life coach, as a business and mindset coach, and the wisdom that comes with dealing with all this. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. I still make tons of mistakes, 
but it's easier to help someone else also find their blind spots. We all have blind spots. And very often we can't see those blind, so blind spots for ourselves. So I would love to set up a free call with you and get to know you better. If you go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com, you can complete the form there. We'll schedule a talk, a call and a talk, and we'll just get to know each other better. We'll see what might be challenging you and see how I might better support you. So thanks for being here. I welcome your feedback, your thoughts. And if you have any suggestions for the show, hang on just a minute. That's coming up next. And don't forget to check the show notes where I break down a whole lot more of this for you and include all the links. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.